awesome. So wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, good morning, church, and those of you who are joining us online, Pastor Kevin, now you heard you're supposed to be turning off the computer now and resting, but we are so grateful to um, have you online and then be with you today. So at the outset, I just want to share that today across the globe, there are churches that are gathered together and they are honoring and highlighting the work that Safe Families is doing across the nation and across the globe in their respective cities. So when Pastor Kevin actually reached out and he asked me to come on this specific day, there is so much significance to that. And I'm going to share a little bit about that in just a moment. But today is Safe Families Sunday across our globe. So we have Safe Families chapters and sites in Canada, all throughout Canada, in the United States, in the United Kingdom, and in Hong Kong. And we also have sites developing in South Africa, in Honduras, in Australia. It's incredible what God is doing. And so today we are going to read from Luke chapter 10, a passage that you all know very, very well. And we're going to ask the question, who is my neighbor? And my prayer this morning as we unpack this is that I share about Save Families is that God would continue to fan into flame the missional life that each and every one of you have and the purpose that you have here in this city. All of the photos that you are going to see today are of the families that we are currently serving and many of our volunteers, and we do have their permission to use them and to show them, so that just makes it very, very special. But as I just mentioned, today is a very special day. It's a day where churches across the globe who are in partnership with Safe Families gather together and they just celebrate and they honor how we are together keeping kids safe and how we are keeping families together. We are so grateful for Greenbelt and the support that you have given to Safe Families as we have just launched because caring for Canada's kids and youth is not someone else's responsibility. It is our mandate as followers of Jesus. At-risk children and youth are the collective responsibility of society to keep them safe. And God's word is very, very, very clear that it is our responsibility as the church. God's word tells us that God is a defender of the poor. He's a defender of the fatherless. He is a defender of the widow, of the orphan. But how does God do that? He uses every single one of us to do that, to defend them. And it is such an honor. The mark that Greenbelt had on my family actually goes back over 40 years. Many of you know my parents, um, doctors, Pastor Barry and Joyce Boucher, but back then they were separated. They were living a life outside of the Lord. They were separated, and my dad ended up finding Jesus, and he ended up bringing 
my brother and I to Greenbelt when we were just three and two. And it was here at Greenbelt, not at this facility, but at a different facility. But it was here at Greenbelt that I met Jesus as a little three-year-old. And I gave my life to Jesus. And I went home. So my dad dropped my brother and I back off with my mom. And I went running into my mom. And I said to her, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus like, like Jason and I do and like dad does? And what that did is that led her on a journey and she discovered Jesus as well. And God restored their marriage, brought them back together. And the work that God has done in our family is truly incredible. But the seed was planted here. Isn't that incredible? It's just so, so special. I know. So this makes it even more significant for me to be sharing on this day because Greenbelt, and this is going to make me emotional, kept me safe and my brother safe and brought our family together. And that is what Safe Families does. We keep kids safe in the crisis of their life that they're going through as a family. But what Greenbelt did is it wasn't just kept us safe, but it brought us to eternal life in Jesus Christ. And that is the most important thing. How many of you serve with children or youth? Do many of you? I guess they're all in teaching with the kids, right? <laughs> many of you do. Listen, do not give up. Don't give up. Sometimes it feels like you're not getting through. You're just, you know, you're, you're sharing the story and they're not listening. It is getting through to them. It really, really is. Don't give up. I think of Miss Elizabeth, who was my Sunday school teacher here at Greenbelt when I was only three. And she simply answered the call. She simply was working with the toddlers and she simply was living that missional life and shared Jesus with me. And she shares in the fruit of the legacy of my life, my brother's life, my family's life, because she said yes. So those of you who are serving with our children and youth, that is such a high, high calling. So continue to step into it. The Bible assures us that we will see fruit with our children. It is such a joy, again, for me to be with you, to have the opportunity to present God's word and share about the impact that Safe Families is having in our city and how you can potentially be involved. So thank you so much, Pastor Kevin and Danielle, for this incredible opportunity. So with me today as well, give a little wave, is our community coordinator, Darian Blue. She has a background as a licensed mental health clinician and the care that she brings to our families is absolutely incredible and stellar. And so I am so grateful that she is here today. But as Pastor Paulo said, I have a little bit of a, a incredible journey to this point, but I have a background as a teacher and a vice principal and was called into full-time ministry after the birth of my second son, went to Bible school, and was ordained in the year 2000 and became the generations pastor at Life Center, overseeing thousands of children and youth over the time that I was there. But while I was on a missions trip with my husband, it was there on that missions trip that God placed on our hearts that when we came back to Ottawa, we were to start the adoption process to adopt. And little did we know that our daughter's birth mother was actually pregnant with her at the time. 
so, so special. And our daughter, Grace, came into our lives through a private domestic adoption um, in 2003. And I grew up in a family that my, where my maternal grandparents were both foster and adoptive parents. And they ended up fostering hundreds and hundreds of infants and toddlers and children and youth over the time that they were with the Children's Aid Society. They ended up adopting two young girls as well. In addition to my mom was a biological child and they had three other boys biologically. And my grandmother was actually given an award at the end of her career with the Children's Aid Society because she had fostered over 300 newborns in addition to all of the other children that they had in their home. So that was my family, and that was the water that I was swimming in. So I always knew that I would be a part of fostering and adoption. And we have all heard that saying, that when God saved you by his grace, he had others in mind. And that is purpose. That is living a life on mission. And your purpose is not, oh, <laughs> whoa, that's purpose right there. What's going on there? But your purpose is not the thing that you do. The purpose is what happens. So you see there's pictures of me doing all the things that I do. That is really not my purpose. I'm just living out the missional life that God has called me to do. But my purpose is what happens in others when I do what I'm called to do. Or what you do when you're called to do and what happens in the lives of others. As an adoptive mom, when our daughter's birth mother placed her newborn baby girl into our arms, she looked at me and she said these words. She said, this little girl has a big destiny and you are the one to help her realize it. She is currently finishing up her second year at McGill like it's just been a blank and she wants to change the world in medicine somehow. And so I just think of her birth mother knew her birth mother knew the big destiny that she had on her life and our adoption journey birthed a ministry in the city called destiny adoption services. And I have served countless families wanting to adopt. So walking them through that process as well as over the past decade, transitioning to becoming a birth parent counselor, to those women and their partners who are making the difficult decision to place their babies for adoption. They have chosen life, and they're choosing to place their baby for adoption. That picture in the middle is the newest baby that was just born. He's only about six weeks old and just went to a beautiful, beautiful family, and he is an absolute miracle. And so when God gave me this purpose, he had this little one in mind. Right? For me to minister to his mom, to love his mom through everything that she was going through. Obedience in the word of God means love. We love Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We trust him. So love plus trust. We trust God implicitly with our lives. But there has to be an action step. Obedience means action as well. We have to take those steps of faith. And the action step is so important if we want to live out a missional life. We were obedient to the Lord 
and he used our adoption process to teach us, to train us, and to ultimately ignite a movement in our city with our in our faith community about regarding adoption and fostering i have worked with focus on the family on their adoption initiatives and the miracles that i have witnessed over these years the number of births that i have been a part of is absolutely astounding and i give all the glory to god because he is a defender he is a defender of the orphan he is a defender and to be able to stand in that place is absolutely astounding i have truly taken god's command to heart to look after the orphan and the widow and living a life on mission is just so important for me and i have had that love that trust plus action demonstrated in my life and today is safe families sunday and i am here at greenbelt the place where was a catalyst to my salvation, to my parents' marriage coming back together. And it is no coincidence that God used Greenbelt again to keep me safe and to bring our family together. So today the title of the message that I want to share in the next few minutes is that missional life, who is my neighbor? So let's just open in prayer as we open up God's word. Father, what a joy it is to be here, to be gathered together. We sense your presence afresh. And God, we ask as we open your word, as was already prayed, that you would truly speak to our hearts. We ask that our minds would be still, that there would be no distractions in our hearts. All the things that we have to do later on in the day, God, we just lay them down. And we ask you, God, just to speak to us, to challenge us, to change us today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So what is Safe Families Canada? Safe Families Canada is a movement of volunteers from across our great nation that extend family-like support by hosting vulnerable children and strengthening their families in crisis through a network of Christian volunteers from local churches just like Greenbelt, motivated by obedience in Christ and compassion towards the stranger. Let me just share a little bit of a story that takes this statement and then brings it to life. We received a call from one of our pediatric hospitals here in the city, and they had a young French-speaking single mom who was pregnant and her baby was given a terminal diagnosis. It was really, really grave. And her hospice social worker called, and they'd heard about safe families. And she shared that this mom was taking a taxi from her home to the hospital and back all by herself. And she had a wonderful team of medical professionals who were wrapped around her, but she had no support system. So can you put yourself in that mom's position just for a moment and imagine the weight on her shoulders? Imagine knowing what is going to be coming in the months ahead, the grief that she would already be carrying, but she chose to carry this baby to term. And we know what some of the medical professionals would have been advising her to do. And she said, no, I'm, this is my baby and I'm going to carry this baby to term. And whatever happens is in God's hands. 
And so it is not how God intended for people to be facing these kinds of crises alone. God didn't intend that. He intended for us to be in relationship and to support one another through these difficult seasons. So we ended up finding a resource friend. And that is just one of the volunteer roles that we have with Safe Families. And she was French speaking. And she said, I would be absolutely honored to drive her to and from these appointments so that she's not alone. And I will go in and I will sit with her and I will be with her just to lend an ear, just to be there for her. So her resource friend who was living a life on mission ended up just picking her up bringing her to the doctor's appointments and all of that. And eventually mom went into labor and she delivered a beautiful baby girl who did not survive and who is now with her heavenly father. We know, but her resource friend was there right by her side and she ended up rallying a whole bunch of people from her church and they rallied around mom. They attended the funeral. They made mom meals afterwards just to love on her and to support her. That's how they were living a life on mission. None of you knew this was happening. This was just happening over in a different area of the city, and they were doing what God had called them to do. They were walking out what we call biblical hospitality, which is the love of a stranger. These two women didn't know each other, and through Safe Families, we matched them, and God did something absolutely beautiful. We have been serving in the Ottawa community for four years next month. So some of you, one of you saw me when you came in. You're like, you were, you were here. You were here for a few years ago. I'm like, yes, yeah, four years ago. And we had just started. And many of you actually serve with Safe Families in a variety of different ways. And I am so grateful for every single one of you. But since our launch in 2019, are you ready for this? We have done this. We have hosted children almost 2,000 times. Isn't that wild? Yes. To God be the glory. Ordinary people, just like you and me, have chosen to open up their homes, open up their hearts, open up their hands, and serve families in our community. It's wonderful. But this is our Safe Families bigger team. Safe Families is growing so quickly across our nation that we currently have 13 chapters across our nation with nine more in development which is really, really incredible. And we're watching the body of Christ really rise up in our nation. So just this year alone, throughout Canada, 455 children have been kept safe. 261 families have been remained together. They have been, they stayed together. We have 132 Safe Families churches, just like Greenbelt. Greenbelt is one of our Safe Families churches. And we have 759 volunteers across our nation. So just absolutely wonderful. But let me share a miracle of what happened when Greenbelt stepped up a couple of years ago. It was during the big give. I don't know if any of you remember this. I know you do. But there was a big give. And so Greenbelt put a call out that they were going to do gift cards for safe families. So many of you might have just been, oh, yeah, I remember. 
remember donating a little bit to that, right? Like for you, it was just like, oh, of course, of course we will donate. But what God did through these gift cards is truly, truly miraculous because gift cards for any charity, they are like gold. Because when a need comes in, so Darian receives all the calls, when a call comes in, Darian can meet that need immediately because she has the resource to be able to meet it. Other ways, sometimes a call comes in and we've got to put it out in our social media or we've got to reach out to other people. And then it can take time to meet those needs. But when we've got gift cards and there is a mom who is, it's 40 degrees, we're in a heat wave and she is in an apartment at the top level, doesn't even have a fan we can quickly run to walmart pick up a fan drop it off and we've met a need and it's just truly incredible and so that's what happened we were at the peak of the needs were just coming in the phone was ringing there was need after need after need in our community and Darian is so administrative, and she took all of the gift cards that came from Greenbelt, and she made this big spreadsheet with all their numbers and all of that kind of thing, and we would meet a need, and we would meet a need, and we would meet another need, and another need. And then more needs kept coming in in the months and months and months down the road, and Darian would be like, there's still more gift cards. We have no idea that these gift cards were like the loaves and the fish. We would reach into the bottom of the basket, and guess what? There would be another one. So you were a part of so many met needs and miracles in our city. And so let's just celebrate what God did through that. It's absolutely absolutely miraculous. I don't need to tell you that there are, there's so much suffering right here in our city, in your neighborhood, in my neighborhood. We see it every single day. It is pretty, pretty grave. Did you guys know that in our city, there is a 10 year waiting list for safe public housing, like 10 years. And post COVID, it has just gotten so much worse. The children's aid societies are mandated to intervene when children under the age of 16 have been subject to abuse or neglect. But for those of us that work with Safe Families Canada, those that work with vulnerable children, maybe some of you work in foster care or with vulnerable children in some way, that's too late. We don't want trauma or abuse or neglect to happen in the life of a family or a child before a safe community steps in and wraps around them. Why should we wait for a parent to have to break down and for all of that to occur before we step in? One of the mandates of safe families is child welfare deflection. So we are not anti-child welfare. We love child welfare. There is a place for them when there are situations of serious protection issues. And we need them to step in and protect children. But there are so many other situations where they don't have to be involved, where a family is just needed to have that little bit of extra support, and we can create a family around them. The majority of the parents that we actually work with have generational um, involvement with child welfare. So like a great grandmother was involved in child welfare, then the grandmother, then the mother, and now a child. Like it's really, really heartbreaking for us to see because we don't want our precious children in a system 
our precious children and families need to be with a family. So I want to give you just a few statistics for you to see the magnitude of what we are facing and what we are working with. There are about 12,000 children in the care of a Children's Aid Society in Ontario, and they could be with a kin, with a foster family, or in a group home. 63,000 children in care in Canada, and almost a quarter of a million of children have been identified as being at risk of or have experiencing abuse or trauma or neglect. I know it's, it's, it's overwhelming when you hear those numbers and you hear what's happening. Most of these children who are, end up finding themselves in child welfare and in the foster care system will ultimately age out of the system and they will never find a forever family. That's likely the scenario. There are about 30,000 children and youth who are available for adoption right here in Canada right now. I know, and it is a problem that I really believe that the church can solve. It is a problem that is a mandate, I believe, for the church. Can you imagine just the power of a simple act if every single church just wrapped around one vulnerable family? That's all it would take to solve the problem. In Canada, we've got like 30,000 churches. If every single church just wrapped around one family... We wouldn't have the needs that we are reading about today. So what I want us to do is I want us just to watch one short video of a family who are living out their missional life. This is one of our families in the United States. So let's hope this all works this morning. Safe Families is an organization that helps people show biblical hospitality to their neighbors and communities. It trains churches and people within the churches to work together to provide a support network when a family's in a time of crisis. One of the goals for Safe Families is um, to help keep kids out of the foster care system. When families are in crisis and at that um, point of need, that's when disasters happen and that's when the sorts of things that you can't come back from happen. So the goal is to step in before that point and help stabilize families. A lot of times the parents know if the situation continues to sort of unravel, the state's going to have to step in and watch their kids. And if the parents know about Safe Families, they know here's an option where I can ask some of the people to step in and provide some support so that I can take care of some of these other pieces, these other elements. It's just like any other emergency or situation that would show up in our, in our life. A medical emergency, getting evicted from a home, losing your job, losing your transportation or something within the family, you immediately start to lean on the people around you. And with safe families, there's people that are just prepared to be leaned on. They're ready. They're saying, okay, when this comes, lean on me and I'll help. Being able to do it together um, as a body of believers was just really exciting. We're building a community of people that support each other. The whole goal is stabilizing that family structure. The kids know that we're not the thing that's keeping them from their mom. We're sort of an extension of her caring, and we're a team. And give them the physical, emotional, and spiritual support that they need uh, when they're going through really uncertain circumstances. There's a lot of people that hear about safe families and they focus on the host family and think, I, just, I can't host kids. And what I really want those people to hear is how much that wider circle of support is so crucial. It enables us to be able to focus on the kids. It also is demonstrating the kids that they're cared for by so many people. I get notified probably four or five times a week of a need to host children. It needs a lot of people then. There's need to be a lot of people that 
see this or hear this and say, I would do this for my family or friends. I just need to see the broader community and the people that are coming to say family as part of my family. Anyone can be a part of this. Anytime, any bit of love, they're ready to receive. And it just shows a child that they're valuable, that they're wanted, that they have a future. And all of that is something that Safe Families can provide them. Isn't that incredible? So who, yeah. Yeah, so who is who is my neighbor? These are people just living out what Christ has called them to, that missional life. So if we open up in Luke chapter 2, if you've got your Bibles with you today, you can open up to Luke 10. We're going to start in verse 25, and you know this passage and this passage of Scripture very well. It's also going to come up on the screen. But it reads this, And behold, A lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this. And you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus then shares this incredible parable that we even share with the children. And, you know, it's something that I want to stir in our hearts again. And so if we go to Luke 10, 33, Jesus is saying, But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and he saw him. And he had compassion, and he went to him, and he bound up his wounds, pouring oil and wine, and that he set him on his own animal, and he brought him to an inn, and he took care of him. And the next day, he took out his money, his denarii, and he took it out, and he gave it to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be the neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers or to had he had a crisis, he faced a crisis? He said, The one who showed mercy, who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and you do likewise. Action. You go and you do likewise. Jesus' command to us is to go and to do. And we go, but okay, but first I need a little bit more Bible training. Then, Then I'll go and then I'll do. Or well, I'm still in school, like, or I'm too young. I can't do it now. Or, well, we're just newlyweds, so, you know, we're, we're going to wait until then the kids come along. And then you're like, no, I can't. It's too busy with the kids. And then all of a sudden you're, like, retired, and you're like, oh, now I'm retired. I just want to enjoy my life. No, the Word of God says go and do. You don't need any qualifications to go do and love our neighbors the way Christ commands us to. John 13:35, you all know this scripture well. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love 
for one another. People should just be able to look at us and see that we're doing something different, and that is going to draw them to the Lord. Protecting vulnerable people isn't about you and I, like you heard in the video. It is not about you and I being the hero of the story. We are not the hero of the story. It is about you and I just being a tool that God can use to draw others unto himself. So who is my neighbor? The entirety of scripture is about God moving towards the vulnerable, the pushed aside, the least likely, the struggling, the outcast, the systemically broken. And that includes every single one of us. We were once away from Christ and he drawed us in to himself. And now we are a part of his family. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us and we can love because he first loved us. And our responsibility Responsibility as followers of Christ is to be in proximity to the brokenness and to point people to the one who can put their lives back together, just like Miss Elizabeth did with me when I was three, and then I went home to my mom, and then God restored our family. That is because people were in proximity to their brokenness and said, we're going to show you how God can put your family back together. And he is the one that makes all things new, right? We have seen that. Historically, extended family or neighbors of families experiencing hardship would step in and support their families and take care of the children. But that is not happening in today's society. Countless families experience social isolation. And like I shared earlier, we have generations of children, and they are growing up without a father, or a mother, they have no extended family, and then things start to happen in their lives. And children in a family traumatized by crisis, they become especially at risk for abuse, for neglect, for conflict with the law. They are more likely to be involved in foster care, to face addiction, and they are at risk of even sex trafficking or human trafficking. Safe families, we reach these children and these families before their circumstances get to a place warranting the intervention of child welfare. We don't want children to have to go through those kinds of things. And one of our core values at Safe Families is compassion. And we operate in compassion by creating a circle of support around our neighbors, around a mom or a dad who is facing a crisis. And so you can see here, I know it's pretty tiny, but how we've got like so many different roles that people play and they all wrap around a family. And then there is that stability that we see. So we have so many different uh, volunteer roles. And so if something is even stirring in your heart, please come and see us at the end. But we all know that the absence of compassion can corrupt the decency of a community, of a nation, 
the absence of compassion, has us focused on ourselves. We only have to open up our phones and go on social media to see that everyone is very much focused on themselves and their individual rights and what they want for themselves. Instead of having that community mindset in how I can love my neighbors and serve others the way God has commanded me to. We all know this scripture very well. James 1.27, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit the orphan and the widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So who is my neighbor? Who? I want you to start to think of those people in your lives that might need a little bit of extra love and compassion. The circumstances that we're seeing at Safe Families, the neighbors that we have chosen to step in and to help, there's a myriad of different crises and issues. They often have medical crises. We had a young mom who actually died on the table giving birth to her baby. They were able to respond resuscitate her, praise God, and she came back to life, but she was in the hospital for months and months and months and months. And so this young dad had to be going back and forth to the hospital. They had two other young kids at home. So we took in their newborn baby and cared for her until mom miraculously made a recovery and now is back home with her family, which is so wonderful. But who was my neighbor? We were their neighbor. We wrapped around them in that time. Homelessness and migration. We get calls regularly from shelters, from the Ottawa police, from hospitals to support young families who are brand new to Ottawa. I recall um, a phone call from the hospital saying that a pregnant young woman had just showed up at the hospital and she was brand new to Canada. She just got off the bus. She had two little kids. She was pregnant and she had $5 in her pocket. That was it. That was it. And so we just rallied around her and we called different churches and we were able to find her an apartment and outfit her apartment and get her everything that she needed for her children and for her babies. We stepped in and we were her neighbors and they're thriving and they're doing great now. Who is my neighbor? Those facing addiction or domestic violence. We are providing support to numerous women who have left abusive relationships with young children and they have no family support. They're isolated and safe families becomes that safe place for them and those safe people for their children. Who is my neighbor? We were their neighbors there and we loved them. Human trafficking. Did you guys know? that Ontario has the highest human trafficking rates in all of Canada. Like, it's shocking to know what is happening right here in our beautiful Ontario. It's happening right here. And we are providing care for many women who have been rescued from human trafficking. And they have have young children, and we are giving them the love and the support and the space that they need to heal from what they have gone through. Who is my neighbor? They are our neighbors, and we're loving them with everything that we can. 
the risk of newborns being brought to a place of safety with the Children's Aid Society. We receive calls from the hospital very, very regularly regarding a young mom who's had no prenatal care. She has no support. She's giving birth to a baby, and they're going to have to take that baby into foster care if she doesn't have a place to go. And moms and babies need to be together. They really, really do. Even separating them for a season where we try to get mom an apartment and try to work with her to get her on her feet. She needs to be with her baby during that time. So at Safe Families, we have some host homes who say we will take in a mom and a baby, and we will love them and get them back on their feet so that they can be independent, but so that they can stay together. Who is my neighbor? We are their neighbors in that situation, and they're our neighbors. Our neighbors are all around us, and they will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And again, Jesus calls us. These are tough situations that I just shared. They're not easy situations to know some of the things that these young women have gone through. It keeps us up at night. It's, it's not easy. But God calls us to be in proximity to these, these issues and to the pain and to the suffering and model for them what it can be like when you have a life with Jesus. So this is what it is like to live a life on purpose. And a life of impact as we love our neighbors. It's getting into the mess with people. And Jesus' words for us today as I close are, you go and you do likewise. You go and you do likewise. Maybe it is serving right here at this house. Maybe this is what God is calling you to do. You go And you do likewise. You love every single person that comes through this door. I love the the goals that Greenbelt has to have 10,000 people that have heard the gospel. You're going to need people that are going to do that, to share that, to open up your church. Maybe it is serving with safe families in one of those different roles. We know that not everyone can take children into their home, and we don't expect everyone to do that. But can you do something? Can you serve somewhere you have a role to play with our neighbors out there and we can be the neighbors to them that they have been praying and asking God for it is about living a life on mission and so we actually have a table out there with some of our information and we're going to invite you just to come if you want at the end and ask questions and and get to know us a little bit more but we also have a few different ways that you can actually get involved um, over the next couple of weeks actually so next saturday we are hosting a conference at eastgate alliance church and it is a trauma-informed care it's tbri I don't know if any of you have heard of TBRI, but it is about um, helping those of us that work with families that have faced trauma, and it's with the Karen Purvis Institute with Stephen Curtis Chapman, so he heads up. Um, hope for the journey and so if that's something that you're like i'm i work with children i work with children who are facing trauma just come come to this conference we would love to have you there 
Steve Outhouse, who is not here today. I was really hoping Darian could meet him. I know you've been with us for a couple of years, and Steve has been this elusive person that I talk about all the time. But Steve is very, as you know, very, very involved with Safe Families. He sits on our leadership council, and he is absolutely invaluable, and we love him so much. But he's also very much involved in the race, the races across the, the nation. And so he's connected us with Somersault, and Somersault has this early bird race that happens on the May long weekend, and we just need a few volunteers, and what we, we just cheer the racers on. Some of us are in the pool area because it's a triathlon, and then Somersault donates to Safe Families. Like we just spend an afternoon out, or a morning outside cheering people, and then Somersault goes here. We love Safe Families, and that is just so wonderful. So some of you, if that's something you can do, you can be like, yeah, I would love to do that. If there's young people in the room who need their hours even, we can have them come and do that. And then in September, which I know sounds so far away, but my goodness, I was here four years ago, and you're like, you were just here, right? No, four years ago. It's a blink. But we have a big, big play day. And so that is just raising funds for safe families, doing what you love to do. If you love to bake, bake a cake, share it with your families and friends, let them donate, and then, you know, auction it off to someone, the highest bidder. You can go for a run. You can go for a bike ride. You can do something. So these are just a few ways that you can actually get involved with safe families and help us continue to do and love the neighbors, our neighbors, the way Christ has called us to. So thank you all for this opportunity to share with you this morning. I'm going to invite Pastor Paulo back, and he is going to close this morning. I hope I wasn't too long. The thing went off.